Hi, I'm Melinda, and this is the See Here Love Summer 2020 podcast series. In a year filled with protest, a pandemic, economic uncertainty, conflict and tension, we need to hear stories of hope, faith, resilience, and transformative change more than ever. So let's listen to brave people share their courageous stories now. Today, my conversation is with psychotherapist and author Kate Crocco. Her book, Thinking Like a Boss, is aimed at helping women and men overcome the lies that keep them from achieving their dreams, from starting that new business, from writing their first book. And our conversation today, I know, will help you do just that. You are seen, you are heard, you are loved by God. You're not alone, you're fully known, you are loved by God. Well, we are back with Kate Crocco, the author of this really great book, Thinking Like a Boss. And Kate, there's going to be a lot of women and men out there, viewers and listeners, that are thinking, okay, that terrifies me. (laughs) I want to be in the background. I don't want to be a boss. Uh, For you to write a book, there has to be like a backstory, a story for you to get to where you are now. I'd love to hear that because I love the story um, of just people writing things and saying, this is why I wrote it because I've experienced it firsthand. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Yeah. So I worked as a clinical social worker in agencies and hospitals for several years. And I always had this little tug on my heart to want to start a private practice. And everyone said, like when I was in grad school, you start your private practice once you're ready to retire. But I just kept having this pull on my heart and felt God whispering, why don't you just get started? Like, why don't you just see what happens? And I just started to Google and I started to look up how to start a business. I downloaded um, little freebies. I went to webinars. I listened to podcasts and I started to set everything up. And I was terrified Mm -hmm. because again, people were telling me this is not something you can really do right away. And I was in my later 20s at that time. Somehow people started calling and little by little, I was building this private practice. I was seeing clients on Saturday, still going to my nine to five Monday through Friday. And within three months, I um, had actually matched my salary that I was making at my nine to five. So I said, I guess this means that maybe I'm meant to be an entrepreneur. Maybe I should take this business full time because now um it was it was very overwhelming i was working a lot mm-hmm. um so i did it i said i'm just going to leave my job and i left within 4 months and wow. you know there were so many lies and insecurities that i would tell myself so things like am i really qualified to leave Um, is this really going to succeed? Like, what if I leave my nine to five and what if this fails? Like, what if this was just a fluke? Mm -hmm. And so many people started asking, how do you work through that stuff? And how did you start this private practice? And what I realized was in that moment, I knew a little bit of information that other people didn't know. So Little by little, I started to teach other people, like, this is how you can open your private practice. This is how you can start your business. And I've learned along the way that 
you only have to be one or two or three steps ahead of someone else in order to help someone else. And I think so often we tell ourselves like we need all of these qualifications or we're not ready to help someone else. But I really think that where you are today, you're ready to help someone. And through that, my business evolved and I ended up starting um, this online confidence and mindset coaching business. I was doing consulting and my businesses were booming. They were doing great. And then I found out my husband and I were having a baby. And that was something very new to me. I had been so consumed in my business that I wasn't sure if I was really ready to be a mom. And I had all of these fears and lies again that started creeping in. And people said to me, business is going to be different with kids. Um, You're not going to be able to work as much as you were before. And baby came and I didn't want to listen, but what they were telling me was actually true. And I was at such a low point in my life where, again, I had this beautiful baby girl in front of me, but I felt like I had lost everything. Mm -hmm. I felt like I wasn't able to keep up in my business anymore. So I just started to journal and to write all my thoughts down. Um, Those lies that were starting to come back up again that I was telling myself. And that's actually what turned into the book. And that's chapter seven of the book. Good. Um, Kate, do you think that everybody can be a boss or is it just thinking like a boss? Because, you know, there are people that, um, you know, my girlfriends who are quite sort of the introverted behind the scenes support people. There are other women, girlfriends of mine who are clearly strong leaders. If you look at their Enneagram, Strength Finders, Berkman, Myers-Briggs, whatever. I mean, there's very clear kind of indications that they are kind of boss type leaders. But can everybody be a boss or is it just thinking like a boss? I think everyone can think like a boss. I don't think that being a boss is for everyone. I will say that. Okay. And thinking like a boss, uh, do you think that, well, everybody should be thinking that way? Like I think because a lot of people are like, really? Like am I the the person who should be thinking like a boss? Is, is, Is that my, I wouldn't say role, but is that what I should be looking at? you know, cultivating or working on, um, you know, today. Cool. So okay. the boss of your life, and it means like going and taking control of your life. Mm-hmm. So being the boss of your family, being the boss in your relationships, really just saying what it is that you want, speaking up for yourself, setting boundaries. I think that we all can be that boss. Um, And I don't think that you have to necessarily have a business to be in that boss mindset. Yeah. No, and that's good. And for all the guys out there, it's like, it's not being bossy or naggy, guys. It means being a boss. I like what you said there, Kate, about just sort of taking that leadership, owning, you know, your decisions and responsibility. Like, I get that. That really resonates with me versus if you kind of go over, you know, a little bit over the line, it's not the bossy saying, do what I say. This is more of just sort of like taking ownership of, of yeah, your responsibilities and, and being empowered. I love that. Um, one of the things that I love in your book is just that you have 12 lies and you've talked about that already within your story. You have 12 lies that keep women back from really stepping into potential, uh, limitless opportunities you say in your book. And I want to go through five of them. I don't want to go through all 12 because people should get, go get your book for the 12. But uh, I want to start with that one of them 
is, uh, let me look through here because there's so many. I'm just going to open up the book here. But the first one is, I need to have it all together. Now, I've heard that a lot. Like, I can't do it, Mal. Like, I'm not spiritually sound. I don't have the education. Uh, I don't have, you know, all the, the skills involved in this. Therefore, I will do it later or I just won't do it at all. Is that, is that like, that's a big one. I need to have it all together before I step out and, and do it, what I want to do. Yeah, I get this all the time from the ladies that I work with, people that I just connect with on social media. Like, I need to have it all together. And what I say is everyone that you look at who you think is successful is also just winging it. I really believe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> most of us are winging it. Like, we're juggling. Life is messy. Like, no one is perfect. And I think that it's really important, especially as women, that we show those messy sides because um, I think when we show perfection, it makes other women feel less than. So for me, it's really important that I'll show like the behind the scenes, like my house is messy and my kids are acting up. And, um, you know, sometimes I have formula on me, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm not all put together, but I still show up. And I think that's the most important part on getting started on your dreams is not waiting for, and we'll go into this later, that, that perfect time or being qualified or having it together, but just getting started with what you have today. Because again, you're already a couple steps ahead of someone else and you have value to give someone else. That's good. So just get started. You don't have to have it all together. Just get started. I think that's for me personally, Kate, is that everything that I've started, every, every, sort of career. I always start at the bottom. I love how you reference Drake. That's the best. Yeah. Yeah. Drake song, honestly, start at the bottom and now like I'm here. Love it. That's sort of like this motto and anthem I have. But I think that uh, if I had waited to have all of my ducks in a row and all the education and all the background, I would not be where I am today. Totally. Everything sort of like a step out in, in complete faith and fear and then watched God and people help me in the journey in my career, plus the hard work of learning on the job. But I have, I would not, I wouldn't be here today if, if, if I'd waited. Yeah. Yeah. I think so yeah. many people can resonate with that. It's just getting started and just doing it. Started. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. Okay. Uh, the second lie you have, I mean, this is not an order, but is what you'd said, I'm not qualified. I'm not smart enough, young enough, or old enough to succeed. Like how many women do we know have said that? So many, I know, but that's a big one. Yeah. So I, again, going back to when I started my first business, I remember feeling like I'm too young. My voice sounds young. People aren't going to take me seriously. They're going to look at my face and just realize, oh, she's like in her middle twenties and she's not going to be qualified to help me. And even today now I am 34 years old, there's times where I'm like, maybe I'm too old to do this. I think that no matter where we are in life, those fears start to creep in. But if we hold ourselves back, again, we'll never get started and we'll never know. And the longer we wait, the more that time passes. So if I were to have felt like, oh, it's too late in my career to write a book, and I would have waited and waited and waited, like the time would have just passed and it wouldn't have happened. So you just have to get started today.
Hey, it's Chris, friend of See Here Love with Melinda. Sorry to interrupt this conversation, but I just had to let you know that the only way that See Here Love gets to produce fun and authentic conversations like this one is through your financial donations. So go to seeherelove.com and click on the big donate button. Thanks for your support. Let's get back to the show. I think that also says on the flip side, for women who are in uh, leadership or our bosses now, that when you're looking at potential people to hire or bring alongside you, maybe they're not fully qualified, but they've got that humility and hunger and desire to work with you and to learn. And I would rather have those people sometimes than fully qualified. You go, I've got it all together. I can come in and do it. Now, granted, Kate, obviously you want qualified people for specific things, but I think in, in a, lot of, a lot of organizations to see somebody who's not qualified but hungry open and flexible and willing to do it, I would hire them in a second. You know, like I, I, I tend to kind of gravitate to those people. Yeah. Yeah. And I love when people give them a chance to, yeah. I was with those people where I didn't do very well in school and I was just always hungry to learn and to go above and beyond. And that's what's gotten me ahead. Like yeah. I'm not the smartest person in the world. Yeah. I mean, I think, and, and me too, like, I mean, every, every job I started sort of at the bottom, worked my way through an organization, learned a lot on the journey, which was really helpful when you do get to become manager, director, or VP. And, and even in work, like in media, like I have no background an educated background in media, but I have been put in those situations and just learned and watched and transcribed and was behind the scenes until finally my boss said, you know, you're ready now to be in the front. But now I'm glad I had all that back learning so that when now I'm sitting here and, you know, my face is everywhere, I'm like, I, I know where I've come from, but also I have a lot of background in, in things to, to do this work. You know what I mean? So I, I love that one. I'm not qualified, but it's so good. Okay. Line number three. <laughs> this was convicting to me, Kate. I need to say yes to every opportunity that comes my way. Like how many women and men just say yes, yes, yes to everything? So I think that it's so easy these days to get stuck in FOMO, right? Fear of missing yeah. all of these great opportunities because I think with social media, we have more exposure, more opportunities to things. Like we can connect with people so much easier than we could in the past. So things are constantly thrown at us. But if we say yes to everything, it dilutes what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And saying yes to everything, we're not able to do what we're doing as well. And I think that so many people, again, do it. Like, they'll say yes because they're afraid. They do it out of scarcity. Like, what if this opportunity doesn't come up again? Mm -hmm. What if I don't get this um, chance again? So I think it's important to ask yourself, Am I saying yes because I really, really want and desire this opportunity? Or am I saying yes because of fear of missing out? Or maybe even out of guilt, let's just say for people who don't have a business. Saying yes um, to um, volunteering or leading this other group and picking up these kids from the pickup line. Like saying yes to all of these things that people are asking. When you're doing everything, you're spread so thin and you're not able to maybe be that parent that you want to be or that spouse that you want to be. So it's important that 
you can set those limits. And this chapter is really about boundaries, which I love talking about. I think that will be a future book for me. Um, Because when we can set those boundaries, we can show up better as ourselves. And we're so much more fulfilled feeling too. Like I know if I'm saying yes to everything, I just don't feel myself. Yeah. That's actually really good because there is that sense. Yes. We said about FOMO, but especially if you're like in sort of the speaking media world or, you know, kind of that, you know, upfront person out there, there's something in you that says you've got to be at every place so that your face is seen, your presence is known. You can kind of like network, but I did that for a while. I mean, especially when you're building up, you know, for me speaking and things, it was exhausting. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was exhausting. I burnt out. Uh, you know, I couldn't be in places. I felt I let people down if I did say no, cause I double booked. I started double booking myself, sometimes triple booking. Cause I was just saying yes to things and not kind of getting a handle on my calendar. And sometimes that's how God gets my attention. It's just like, you know, poor decisions, you know, Melinda, burning yourself out. This is not healthy. You, you totally need to, you know, take a pause, reset and like figure out what's a priority and where you need to be. So, I mean, thankful for a husband though, Kate, that is very much like, no, <laughs> he doesn't care. He's like, no <laughs> to things. So we've had to kind of get a better rhythm for us. Like how many times we can go and do something. If we go to a fundraiser or an event, we're not out every night. It's, you know, maybe one or two a week, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, that's really helpful to have a partner and a spouse that can also kind of keep you accountable to these things. I'm thankful for Chris. So that's really, that's a good one. I love that. Uh, you mentioned this uh, earlier in your own story, Kate, but the next life, number four, I can't possibly have a successful business and be a good mom. It, that sounds a lot like mom guilt to me <laughs> and a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, talk to me about that one. Cause I think that's a, that's a big one that I think a lot of women struggle with even, yeah, even before they even want to step into being a successful boss, they're already thinking, I don't know if I will be a good mom. I'll forget my kids and my husband. What do you say to that? Cause I think those are real feelings. It's just, how do you sort of balance it then? Totally. Well, I think that moms in a way are superheroes or any type of caregiver, whether it's to young children, it's to your parents. Like I think of when my grandparents were very sick and my mom was taking care of them. You just, you, you're just running almost, um, on this adrenaline and you're able to get so many things done. I remember thinking like, how's my mom getting all of this done while taking care of her parents and working full time and having kids. And I think what it is, is that you are really good and you get more clear with your priorities. So like, what are those things that mean the most to me right now? And cutting out all the rest. So again, it really comes down to boundaries. And I think that if you want to be successful as a mom and as a business owner at the same time, or as a caregiver and business owner, you have to get clear. Like, what are those main things that you're focusing on right now? Mm-hmm. What else can you just sort of cut out? And for me, like right now, I have two little, two little ones under three, and it's really hard to um, socialize and to get to see my friends as often as I want to. But it's just sort of a trade-off for now. And I think it also helps if you can just look at life in seasons. Mm-hmm. So this season right now of, I mean, we're all home right now, but really being in the thick of toddlerhood and running a business, you know, there's things that I have to sort of say no to and things yeah. that I can't engage in as much. So I think it's possible. I think it's just about 
figuring out what your limits are and what your priorities are. Yeah, that's good. All right. And the fifth lie, I don't have enough time. So we've got passions, we have dreams, we're great painters and singers and writers and creative types or want to start, you know, a new, new business. And we say to ourselves and everyone else, I just don't have enough time. It's a big one because we all have the same amount of time. Yeah. I've been learning. We all have the same amount of time. And there are some people that are able to maximize that time, use time for their advantage in doing things. And others will say, don't have the time. So speak strongly, Cakes. I think this is one that for a lot of women, they are like, that's the big one. I just don't have enough time to do uh, that emotional work and also just the, the hard work of launching something. Yeah, well, I think the time thing never actually means time. It either means that this thing is not a priority for me and I have a hard time saying no because mm, I'm afraid good. I might disappoint you or that I'm actually just scared. I'm scared of failing or maybe I'm even afraid of succeeding. So I think first just asking yourself like, what do you want and how badly do you want this? And let's say it's like starting a business. If you really want to start that business, you're going to find the time to make it happen. You have to figure out what your priorities are. Maybe you have to say no to some other things. Um, or are you feeling like you have to say yes to something and you're just feeling bad and you don't wanna say no? And I think as women, especially we struggle with this, um, it's harder for us just to say like, actually, I'd rather not do that or thank you for the invitation, but, um, I have a lot going on and maybe that's not um, in, I don't know, what I like, what my priority is right now. Well, and Kate, I wonder if that's just like a lot of women are people pleasers. Yes. And, you know, are yes women because they don't want to let people down. They want to be that person to be the, the loyal, committed friend and the, the one you come for a need. And yeah, you're just, I, a lot of my girlfriends say, I am a people pleaser. I, I wonder if that's part of it too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. People pleasing, scapegoat, just saying the time thing. Yeah. Uh, so we're, we're hearing all these lies that keep us back. So what would you say then? So we've got, you know, viewers and listeners who are like, okay, I'm tracking with you, Kate, and I want to do it. So I'm inspired by, you know, like thinking like a boss, wanting to do this. What is the sort of like the first, second step to kind of really get me to, to sort of commit and get going on on this on this great project on this passion on this idea that god has birthed in me or i've been inspired what would you say to them yeah i think the first thing is to start replacing i can't because i think we say that so often i can't because i don't have time or i can't because yeah. i'm not qualified with actually i can and it's something that i have written on a shirt just as a great reminder actually I can do that and I can do that if it's a priority or if it's something that I want really bad. And then number two is really just telling yourself what is, what are some things that I can do every day that scare me? And I think it's about getting outside of our comfort zone mm -hmm. um, because the only way to grow your confidence is through consistency is doing those little things that really, um, get you out of your comfort zone. And I see there, your sign, you are seen, you are heard. For so many people, they're terrified of being seen and heard. Right. But they know that that's their calling. So 
what you have to do is every day do a little something, whether it's maybe posting on social media or it's texting someone as a contact, like do those little steps that are going to get you out of your comfort zone, do them consistently. And then I guarantee you'll start feeling more confident. I love that. What does, how and what, like does faith sort of play into this? Like I think for me as a follower, you know, of Jesus since the beginning, uh, that's been part of it. I mean, there's been times where I've been incredibly afraid, insecure, living in imposter syndrome, all those things, right? But there's been something about sort of like my faith in God that has really helped me in those moments where I'm like terrified and I've just like said a prayer, said, okay, you've got this, I don't kind of thing. How has how that sort of played in into thinking like a boss too? Yeah, well, I think it's really natural for us when we're stuck on maybe a decision or we want to move forward with something, we just go to our friends, to our family, to our peers, and we look for everyone else's advice. And I think (laughs) we spend so much time getting everyone else's advice and we forget, oh, I can just sit in the stillness and the quiet and I can pray and I can ask God to show me What's best for me? What steps should I take next? And for me, the more that I do that, the clearer things get. And I think people give you advice because they they care about you and their advice is biased because they want the best for you. And maybe it has to do with their own fears. Like they don't want to see you embarrass yourself. So they tell you like, don't do that. Even though that might be the next best step for you. Yeah. Um, And I think the other thing is just realizing like you can do what you can do with in your hands with your resources, but you have to leave the rest up to God. So do what you can. So I think of like even writing this book, you know, I did the proposal, I sent it out and I said, God, if this is something that's supposed to be published, something that people are supposed to read, like you'll make it happen. Yeah. Well, see, and Kate, I love that because here's the thing. Here's the difference between you and a lot of other women. A lot of women would pray to God first to find out if they should write the book. Yes. And then wait to see if he'll tell them and then they'll write it. Whereas what I loved is that you actually wrote it and then said, okay, God, I wrote it. Now, if this is the something that you want to continue and to, you know, like impact people, then it's, it's with you. And I think that's actually really key because I think, there's this, this thing with women. It's like, well, I'm, listen, I'm about waiting and listening. I go on my silent retreats. Yeah. I listen and I do hear God, I journal. But I found that a lot of people, women and men, where they're always waiting and listening, they want the big writing on the wall, the big fireworks to tell them to then do something or go do something. Where when I look at scriptures, a lot of people just went yeah. and did on the journey. Then God kind of revealed more things to them. Stop, go, talk to that person, heal or don't, right? And I think that's a really key part of, I think even maybe like a Christian walk is you go yeah. and trust God. And, and you know what? There are times where I'm like, that was a bust. <laughs> like I thought that was something I should do and that didn't work out, but it wasn't a personal thing, like an affront to me where I was like, oh my gosh, now I'm a horrible person. It was like, that's life. Some things don't work out and some things do. And I learned and we kind of carry on, which I, I think as, as you're talking, Kate, I'm really sensing that same, that same way of living that you're doing as well. Yeah, there's this little mantra I always say, and I don't know where it came from, but I heard someone say it once, and it's this or something better. Oh, I love that. That's my prayer is God. It's either this, what I think my vision is, or yeah. it's yours, which is something better. 
Yeah, no, I love that. And I think there, that, so, that whole thing of like thinking like a boss is that. It's like taking ownership of your decisions, trusting God, but stepping out in, in faith and in your fear and watching what happens. And then you don't get stuck. Like I think one of the, the hardest things for me, Kate, is when I go and speak at women's conferences, so many women come up to me and they're stuck. They have this passion, but they just can't move forward. And so I think your words and your book are going to be so helpful to so many people to say, this is sort of the first steps. I've identified the lies. Now let's get past and get over it and let's go and, and, and live in this, what you say, limitless opportunity and potential that God has for you. It's, it's beautiful. Amazing. Thank you. Yeah. So thank you so much. I'll show the book up again so people see it. Get this book, Thinking Like a Boss by Kate Krocko. And Kate, thanks for being with us here in Canada. You're in New York? Yeah, I'm in New York. Yeah, how are you doing with your little little ones? It's 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 been a challenge, we'll just be honest. Yeah. For sure. I get it. I get it. I'm working with my husband who I never wanted him to be my work colleague ever, just between you and I. <laughs> but here we are. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that's the other challenge too, is husband home all the time. So Oh yeah. Oh yeah, we're just making it one day at a time. So thanks again, Kate. Really appreciate your thoughts and really excited to, to see your next book on boundaries and to see what, what God is gonna take you in your adventure too. So take care, thank you so much. Well, I hope you enjoyed our conversation today. I sure did. And for more information about our guests and to read our blogs and resources and to watch our past episodes and to even donate to us, go to seeherelove.com. Love with Melinda Estabrooks is a production of Crossroads Christian Communications Incorporated, a member of the Canadian Council of Christian Charities. To support this program, please visit seeherlove.com and click the donate button or call 1-800-265-3100. And from me and the See Here Love team, thanks so much for your support.